Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to episode 18 of the Believe in Pottery's Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Back with you, recording on Thursday, October 31st. It's Halloween. It's also Wade's name day. So, happy birthday, Wade. Thank you. Feels good to be here. This is exactly what I want to do on my birthday. And you're not sick, though. You are you had a lengthy absence last week. Thought I was dying. And you, Legitimately. You turned out okay. Yeah. The uh, significant other, not so much. She caught your flu or whatever? Sharing is caring. Ew, gross. Too, <laughs> too much info there. Uh, we missed your your hot, fiery takes on Jace Tingler last week, so give me 30 seconds on Jace Tingler. It's more of a meh. That's what know? I said. Like, Did you listen to me last week? I did not. Oh, that's kind of what I said. It's like, Padres go get another no-name guy. Shocker. Not putting asses in the seats. Also pretty much what I said. I thought it was strange that so many people rushed to defend the move. Like, oh, just because... We've never heard of him. We can't like him. Like, well, no. Why are you defending him so much if you don't even know who he is either? What's yeah. what's to defend? I don't. What has he proven? Other than AJ Preller likes him, so we have to like him. Right. I saw they hired a bench coach today that used to be the bench coach for the Orioles when Manny was there. Who? I don't know his name. I was listening to ninety-seven-three, the fan. Oh, shout out to the fan. Tony Gwynn liked him though. So. <sighs> okay. Well, Tony's a pottery killer. I don't know how I feel about Tony. On today's show. So last week, if you listened, uh, Wade was not in. We had Kyle Glazer on the show, and he had just published a article on Baseball America on the – I don't remember what it was titled, but it was about the Padres draft report card from 2019. So we're going to take a little closer look at that. Uh, some deeper guys that we didn't talk about in the show. I mean, we, we kind of all know who the top picks were. C.J. Abrams, we've talked about a bunch. Oh, and Miller, we've talked about a bunch. We even hit some Hudson Head and Josh Mears. But we're going to go a little deeper. And I have a new top 10, or actually a new top 30 Padres prospects list coming out next week. But for now, we're going to tease a little bit of the top 10. You already know who's the number one guy, number two guy probably. But there were some graduations. There were some Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino. I don't know. Owen Miller had a good year this year. Not number one status. You never know. So until we get to that, we'll figure that out in a bit. Some names that's are probably familiar to you, but a bunch of guys have moved up. A lot of guys got promoted. Um, so we'll see who's where. Plus, I'm going to post that new top 30 sometime next week. So you'll get you'll nice. get a little, you'll get a little taste right now, and then you'll see the entire list um, on our Twitter handle at Fire Farm Hands. Keep an eye out for that. First, let's get to the news. Just a reminder: we're about. Eight days now from the Padres' new uniforms being unveiled, depending on you when you see they had that this. box, that locked box today. Yeah, I kind of like that move by them. Yeah. Build a little anticipation. Just making you wait. I don't know if they need to build any anticipation because I think anyone who likes the Padres is already on the edge of their seats here. Every single fan has wanted it for 30 years now. This is the biggest thing that's happened to the Padres since the ballpark opened. Or Manny Machado. Okay, fair. But the team didn't have any... I mean, it was really exciting, but the team wasn't expected to win. 
uh, I would I'd go I'd go back to the ballpark. It's the it's the biggest event to hit the Padres since the ballpark. I go ballpark, brown uniforms, Machado in that order. All right. I don't think you can really. I mean, you can argue that it's up to inter- interpretation, but for me, that's my list. Uh, I'm legitimately terrified. Also, you think they're going to suck? I'm worried. It's Ron Fowler with the final say on the uniforms. So yeah, I think they might suck. And that's just me being a pessimist. Um, but since they made the change, I think it was 2001, they went to that blue and white Penn State uniform. Ugh. They lost the pinstripes. They lost the orange. Since that jersey, they've all been crap. And I don't think there's any really denying that. So they don't get the benefit of the doubt for me right now. Ron Fowler has no benefit of the doubt. He's been on public record saying he likes the blue and white. His wife liked the blue and white. That's the whole reason he didn't want to ever change it. He was never a brown and yellow guy or a brown and gold guy or a mustard guy or whatever. He hated those. So that's why I'm just worried that he's going to go in some direction that I'm not expecting. It seems like a hard thing to mess up, but it's Ron Fowler. So I am worried he's going to mess it up. And then when they're revealed, they're, we're stuck with those for – I think the, I think MLB's rule is you have to wear them for three years or something. That's such a dumb rule. Why? They don't want – it's not Oregon. They don't want to change in your uniforms every day. I love it. Change your uniform every game. <laughs> It works for Oregon. That's how Oregon gets players. Uh, so we got that going on next week. Other stuff. I mean, not posh, not prospect related news, but how did Kirby Yates not win reliever of the year? That was one of the most bullshit. In the National League. Bullshit things I've ever seen in baseball. Let me hit you with some knowledge here. Player A, 75 innings, 264 ERA, 2.4 walks per nine, 16.3 K per nine, a 0.81 whip. 37 saves. It's a lot of stats. Player two, 58 and two thirds innings. So less than 75, a 107 ERA. That's well under the 264 ERA. 184 walks per nine. Well under 2.4 walks per nine. 15.19 K per nine. That's really similar to 16.32 K per nine. Whip 0.89, about the same and 40 saves. What were their bat bips though? Babips for for a relief pitcher. I didn't look up their babips. It's all about all about babips these days. Uh, I think we're all about strikeouts for relievers. K per nine, ERA obviously. Innings do matter. Hater goes more innings. Spoiler alert: Player A is Hater. Seventy five innings for Hater, but over a run and a half higher ERA. Strikeouts are about the same. He had more walks. Whips are about the same, and he had less saves. So I don't know what we're doing here. You could say he sparked the team of destiny, though. What's that supposed to mean? His loss to the Nationals. Oh, I thought you were going to go like some where you're going with that, but no. Okay, Nationals effed him up, and then team of destiny. It's absurd that he won. I don't get it. Aroldis Chapman, the domestic abuser in the American League, wins, and then Josh Hader, the Twitter racist, wins the National League. Yeah, MLB has a PR crisis going on right now. So, and here's a stat I didn't include, but absolutely blew me away. If you're on the fence about which of these guys, they they look really even to you. Hater allowed 15 home runs and Yates allowed one. Who was the one to? I can't even I remember. don't remember, but yeah. I think I remember seeing it happen. I just have no idea who it would be. So, for me, that's the tiebreaker. If everything else is equal, and I know Hater threw, what is it, 16 and a third more innings. Imagine if Yates threw 16 more innings to catch him and gave a home run every single time. 
he pitched. That's how he would catch Hader in home runs. So that's absurd to me that uh, the better reliever was Kirby Yates. According to all the metrics, we're not going to advanced stats because advanced stats don't matter. Those are for like projections and for scouting the tangible stats that were on the field. Yates was better. I yeah. call, I call baloney on this. Voters really blew this one. I'm I'm surprised they didn't give it to the older guy who like did everything right this year and was on the team that maybe wasn't that good, but family man, good in the community. Yeah. Never sc- tweeted anything racist. Screw that guy. Uh, in other shocking, semi-shocking news, I thought the NCAA, I'm sure everyone's heard about this, has voted to allow student athletes, student athletes, South Park, nice, yeah, to begin to make money from marketing their own name and likeness. And I thought this was hilarious from their press release, quote, in the association's continuing efforts to support college athletes, the NCAA's top governing board voted unanimously to permit students participating in athletics the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. We must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes. How and much that, money is DeColdis Juan going to make? Ooh, from, uh, he decommitted from... Committed to LSU. And then decommitted, didn't he? Did he? I thought I, I just saw him in the news for decommitting somewhere. I've or only, did I read it wrong? He I've only seen him committing to LSU. Okay. I thought this was funny because continuing efforts to support their college athletes is a hilarious phrase from the NCAA because what does that mean? They California got the ball rolling with allowing players to make money off their own likeness. So the NCAA now thinks they need to make a small concession to their free labor force. And that's going to impress everyone in 2023 too. Yeah. So they, I don't know why it can't start immediately. What's the, What's the holdup here? Do you know why? Got to pay those bonuses to the NCAA execs. Yeah. Everybody can apparently make money in college sports except the athletes, which is hilarious. And not even we're not even talking on the field salaries. We're talking off the field on their own time with sponsorship companies. Uh, the bowl name rights. The bowl name rights. Oh, for the, the, for the universities. Yeah. Right. They make a ton of money on all that stuff and the players aren't allowed to see a dime. And the kid working the tech, the ticket stand and selling popcorn is allowed to make money. It's the dumbest rule I've in any sport ever. The NCAA is the most corrupt organization on the planet. And that's saying something because FIFA still exists. The NCAA is stealing money basically. And they want us to like open our arms and be proud of them for finally allowing players to make money off of their own names. So I don't know this is just every time I talk about this subject, I get really upset about it. I don't know if you can tell. I can tell. Yeah. Cracking, cracking claws on the side there. So I think the biggest coup d'etat that's French Wade from all of this is that Merd. What? Merd. What's Merd? Shit in French. Oh, well, thanks. You're welcome. We may finally get NCAA football basketball back from EA Sports as a video game which was easily, in my opinion, the best console sports game from my teenage years through college, and I miss it every day. What college would you start out in your dynasty mode? It would depend a lot because I would always pick a, a bad school. But you I don't was always the Citadel. You can't the, – the problem with starting with the Citadel is it takes you years to build up your recruits, and I didn't want to just play crappy teams for like five years. You can't start playing at the highest difficulty level is the Citadel. You can't play Alabama because you – you, your guys can't hold the ball and they can't run. That's how the, like the game worked, you know? 
How would you recruit at the Citadel those first few years? I just create my own player. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a stud player on your team? Won the Heisman first year. Okay, that's the, that's the difference. Uh, so I didn't do that. <coughs> I would usually pick like a B minus school. So like you had some decent players. So like USC. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Migs. <laughs> SC hater. Uh, like Maryland or like UConn or... And then when I got really good at the game later, I would quit and then go to another school and start over. Maybe like a C, C plus school once I got good again. College basketball, I didn't play as much. The game wasn't as good, but college football was money. I like the college basketball game too. Cal State Fullerton, the Titans. Those are my guys. College basketball. I was always the Lions. They have a team? Yeah. Okay. LMU for people that don't know where Wade went to school. So we may be seeing this game come out again within a couple of years, hopefully 2023, maybe at the earliest. I wonder how much money those guys are going to make from it. Players. I don't know. A small amount, but yeah. still, um, you don't think this is a, an issue going forward, like how to divvy up what players make, what money. And oh, it's going to be a huge issue. Does, like does swimming make any money player? Like what's she going to get? Well, to, it's up to her, isn't it? It's not the school's job. It's like, is, is she, uh, is she like an Olympic softball player? Can she market herself? Is she? I mean, Jenny Finch could have. Yeah. So uh, it, this is why I don't think like Title IX gets involved at all, or there's no balance. Like, oh, Tua Attackavailoa is going to make a hundred grand off his sponsorship deals, and then his O linemen are going to make nothing. Well, that's kind of how the world works. This is capitalism. And Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are in every commercial right now. Yeah, they're pros though. Right, but you don't see. Oh yeah, the Packers O line's not in those right. commercials. That's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. Like, can you market yourself? Are you a desirable uh, person to market from a advertising standpoint? And it, there, this isn't an equality issue. There's, it's not going to be equal. Everybody knows. Who Are they allowed the, to sign agents? I would Is imagine athletes first about to be the biggest college. I would imagine for these types of sponsorship deals, maybe you you can sign an agent. I know yeah. Someone that listens to this podcast. It's, I don't think he listens. Does he not? I don't think he does. We'll test him out. We'll find out. Um, Athletes First is one of the worst uh, agencies out there. And if you sign with Athletes First, you're making a huge mistake. Murder. (laughs) We'll test him. Uh, Let's get to our big story of the week. This was the... You were just coughing up a storm over there. Dude, it's the flu. I've had a cough now for two, two and a half weeks. You got any chapstick on you? I do not. Dry. It's very dry. Trying to share chapstick? No. Unless you want to. <laughs> I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. So the Padres 2019 draft report card, courtesy Kyle A. Glazer. I know his middle initial from uh, Twitter. Thanks. Yeah. Insider info. Best pure hitter in the system. My boy. This was not a surprise. CJ Abrams. He went 1-6 overall. 6 overall. Hand-eye coordination's off the charts. He hit 4-1 in rookie level. Those are Tony Gwynn numbers. They love him in the field. We talked with Kyle Glazer about him going to center field. field. He's going to be in center field. I listened. Nice. Uh, The dude can just hit and he can fly and he's going to play a good center field. And as the best pure hitter already in 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 the draft is a high school kid. Not that hard to do. I mean, he went in the first round, top 10 overall, but still pretty impressive that he was able to hit the ground running like that. 
and he's already the best pure hitter in the right. draft class. You and, I get, you and I have both loved him from day one. The story of him windmill dunking in dress shoes. That's I'd need to see a video of that. That's crazy because we're taller than him too. Can you t- can you grab the rim these days? I can touch net. I can grab the rim, but I will always pull like a so- like a oblique whatever. I'm a big slap the backboard guy. <laughs> best power hitter. This was not a surprise either, but it was for me. It was between Hudson Head and Josh Mears, and Josh Mears, who went second in the second round, shows plus plus power already. He's six three two thirty. He's thick, uh, has a compact stroke, crushes the ball when he gets up. So he this this dude looks like a football player when you see him swing, and he's gonna have the power I think to play in the outfield. I don't know if the other tools are gonna be there. Like we compared him to. Um, how come I can't remember that guy's name? You know what I'm talking about? I do. Um, Michael Geddes. Yes. Always compare him to Michael Geddes. He's the like high upside athlete played multiple sports in high school. Let's see if we can turn him into a baseball player kind of guy. Um, a few other guys in the, in the last, a Prettler's wet dream. Yeah. And in the first round, you kind of see these guys go top 10 once in a while, probably once a year, you see a guy, uh, do this. Kyler Murray was kind of this guy when he got drafted and he obviously chose football and that was the right choice because the Cardinals were dumb enough to give him the first round pick or the first overall pick. Did you, did you agree with that by them? Did, would you have taken him first? No, it didn't make any sense. Cause this, this always happens. The season ends. Everybody has Kyler Murray in like the second round. And then somehow between the end of the season and the draft, he becomes the first overall pick. Like what happened to change everyone's mind. Nothing. It's the, the draft or the, the combine hand size. He stretches hands out. Yep. That's cheating. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. Best defensive player. CJ Abrams again, fastest player as well. Could play shortstop, but we got another guy. CJ Abrams just racking up these awards. Uh, I wouldn't call them awards. I'd call them grades. Okay. It's a little different. It's getting an a all around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at several different uh, classes, you could say. Nice. Not that we got a lot of those in no. school. A lot of cheating. Uh, whoa. Statute of limitations there, Wade. They can come get you for that. The other guy I want to talk about, he's a 19th round draft pick. So this is now we're going deep. I see this guy potentially making a run at you know, a utility spot on the Padres in a few years. College player, shortstop, Chris Given. He went to Xavier, four-year guy at Xavier, unanimous big or unanimous all Big East first team his his senior year. What conference is Xavier in? That's a really good question. Oof, you don't know. Well, aren't they in a different conference for baseball than they are for basketball? Basketball, they're in the Big East. But are every, they still? Every other conference, there's something else. Baseball, it's Big East. Atlantic 10. For baseball? Then how come I'm, I have all Big East first team on here? This is from BA. Not sure. Are you sure? You want to you want to fact check this? No. Just remember my sister playing them. Well, they could have changed. It's, just... it's Big East. <clears throat> all right. Nice job out of you, Wade. Uh, so senior year, hit 306 with four triples, which led the team. He had 11 doubles, seven home runs. Had a 985 fielding percentage at shortstop. He was one of the best defensive players in the country last year at Xavier. And had a very long storied history at Xavier. 249 career hits, his third in Xavier history. 
43 doubles, fifth most in Xavier history, career 312 hitter, which in college isn't. You want to be hitting 400. In isn't, well, not maybe, maybe not 400, but 300 is like. In the Big East, bro? It's tough to translate 300, a 300 batting average from a, from a smaller school like that to professional baseball. Yes. Those guys usually will drop, you know, 50 points in batting average uh, once they get into the minors. But, you know, it's, it's also possible he improved. He's an older guy, not a lot of development left in him, but they like his hands. They like his arm. Accuracy, strength, every, everything says he can play shortstop. And if he can play shortstop, he can play all over the diamond. I just I just kind of like him as a late, you know, 19th round pick that's going to... A little younger Owen Miller. Is he is he that much younger than Owen Miller? No is he Owen Miller a three-year player? Or? He had to. You have to be three years. Yeah, or four, I mean, is what I mean. I, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Could look it up, but it's not going to happen. Uh, best athlete, we talked about Abrams. Hudson Head was like the... Runner up best athlete, not surprising. Him and Josh Mears are just stud athletes. Uh, plus plus runner, lean, quick twitch, love Hudson Head. Uh, Kyle Glazer loved Head as well. Other guy you want to talk about? Who Matt- didn't love Head? Whoa. What'd you say? <laughs> Did I say something bad? Kyle Glazer loves Head as well. Oh, God. I got to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Family friendly show, Wade. Best fastball. Phrasing. Bringing back phrasing. Matt Brash, fourth round. So they had him up to 96 on the fastball. They say there's some arm side run and sink. That it's, cu- it's cutting in. That on name just scares me. Matt Brash. Yeah. Too close to Matt too Bush. Cl- way too close to home. Who ended up having like a decent little career in the He's still in the league. Is he still in the league? Almost positive. I don't remember seeing him around a lot last he's year. He's still in the Rangers. Anyway, Matt Brash kind of seen as a I don't know I don't know if he has the the arsenal for a starting role but definitely a bullpen guy and if he's is he if he's pumping 96 right now God let me pull him up send Trey to the sun and bring him up Trey Wingender you mean yep. your doppelganger whoa so he's still pretty young he went to Niagara he's 6'1 170 got a little taste at Fort Wayne last year, appeared in four games, all relief, had a 208 ERA, struck out six and four and a third. That's something to build on going forward. So college guy still young. I like that. And hopefully he turns into, you know, at least a bullpen piece as a fir- as a fourth round guy. I'd be very excited to get a bullpen piece out of him. Yeah, agreed. So Brash was best fastball, also best secondary pitch. He's got a power curveball, a tilting changeup. The power the, the power curve is 77, 78. The slider, they have uh, clocked at 85, 86. And the Padres are convinced that both are potential plus pitches. Nice. I mean, it's a fourth round pick. Sounds so like a great bullpen guy. You would think so. And if he has three plus pitches, that sounds like a starter to me. Mm. And if it, if it doesn't work out, then at least he's got something to fall back on in the bullpen, like kind of Michelle Baez or... One of those other guys that we stuck back there. Michelle. And he could be a fast riser. This guy could be up within a year or two because he's a college guy. Right. So I like that. Closest to the majors. This is going to be our last one. We'll, we'll breeze through a few of for these. If I can talk. We'll breeze through a few of these others. Uh, most intriguing background. We'll do real quick. Outfielder Jack Stronach. 21st rounder. 
He was a top 10 ranked tennis player wow. in California at one point. Nephew of former major league catcher Damon Berryhill. Do you know who Damon Berryhill is? No clue. Dylan Hoffman picked in the 39th round. Does that name sound familiar? Uh, Son of former bells. Padres third base coach Glenn Hoffman. Nephew of Trevor. Cathedral Catholic alum. Is he? Yeah. It's going to be awkward when Glenn Hoffman gets fired this offseason. Oof. Yeah. Well, he's not even currently hired. He's just, he's a free agent. I think so. Right. Anywho, uh, best pro debut. Abrams was the Arizona league MVP hit four, four, one. Um, also tore up the class, uh, low a Fort Wayne. So nothing surprising there closest to the majors. CJ Abrams again, center fielder, of the which future. is nuts because he's, n- there's all these college guys taken after him still closest to the majors. He and like Gore could like appear together at some point. Like Abrams can't wait to buy, buy the Brown Jersey 2021 Abrams. I don't think that's crazy anymore because I didn't want to rank him in the top 10 spoiler. He's in my top 10, but I didn't want to rank him in my top 10 last year because a new, uh, a freshly picked high school kid, you don't really know what they're going to do in a, in a system as stacked as the Padres. It's hard to find room in the top 10 for him. But he's shown he's super advanced already for his age. And players are coming up earlier and earlier, younger and younger. The Padres aren't afraid to promote guys young. I mean, look at Fernando. Fernando spent more time in the system. He's been in the minors since he was like 17 with uh, the White Sox. Still, same age. Same age, but he's got years of development on Abrams. But in the, anyway, I think Abrams in a couple years. I don't. It would not be weird to see Abrams up in a couple years. Best late round pick. They have two listed Taylor Lomack, 24th round Blake Baker, 25th round, both Florida junior college guys, Lomack plus plus runner defensive minded center fielder, probably Baker 95 on the fastball, right-handed pitcher, future reliever. So some interesting guys that uh baseball America liked. Let's get to my top 10. Nice. So I'm going to preface the top 10 kind of explaining the main criteria, how I arrive at a top 10. So my primary methodology, if you will, in creating this list is deciding who to pet of who to put ahead of who in a trade. So it might sound obvious, but I asked myself after weighing all the data, all the stats, which player am I least likely to include in a trade? Like I really want Noah Syndergaard. But if they call me and they want Mackenzie Gore or Luis Patino, fuck out of you know, here. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not going to listen, but there's a, there's a distinct one, two there. And if it's, if it comes down to like, Hey, we'll take either Xavier Edwards or Gabriel Arias. Okay. Well, I'm going to check my rank. Who would I, ra- who would I rather keep in that deal? The answer is Xavier Edwards. So therefore Xavier Edwards goes higher in the rankings. That's kind of like, I, I mean, every- the Astros proved that. You should go get that starter and give up people. Granky pitched a hell of a game seven. Granky was really good. Granky was worth every penny. Same exactly. with Garrett Cole. They went and traded for Garrett Cole right. two years ago. So if you have a deep system, yeah, you use those guys to it. trade. They traded for Justin Verland. Their top three starters were all guys they traded for. Let's it's really it. hard to develop starting pitchers. They take a long time. 
I'm with you there. It, it's you have to trade from your depth eventually because not all these prospects are going to pan out. Odds yeah. are they're not going to pan out. Right. So while they have some value, you might as well trade some. Exactly. Let's go get it. So here's a taste of the top 10. Find the complete top 10 list along with the rest of my top 30 in the coming days. It'll be posted on our Twitter account at Fire Farm Hands. That's what's called a teaser. Thanks, Wade. Industry guy now. The new list. We know who one and two are. Okay. It's, it's Gore. It's Patino. It's the same as it was last year. I feel like I was on Patino a little earlier than a lot of other lists. Not that I can, not that I look at a bunch of lists, but I had Patino two very early, kind of before, before the futures game. And then the futures game happened. He just blew up and everybody loves him now, but you're going to like this. I'll give you number three. Also my boy, he came up from number nine at my mids on my mid season rankings. It's CJ Abrams. Nice. He is now number three in the system. Number four, I'll also give you. So you're actually going to get the top four here. My other boy. It's a new player. He came over from the Cincinnati Reds this year. It's Taylor Trammell. And I've seen some people, I guess I haven't really seen. uh, When he came over, I think the word on the street, that's a better way of putting it because I didn't check everybody's lists. But word on the street was a lot of people liked him as the second best prospect in the system. And he definitely has the tools to be that guy. But with the steps, the step back he had last year in terms of productivity, didn't really show a lot of power. Didn't get on base like he used to. And with the limitations he already has defensively, I'm not comfortable putting him ahead of Luis Patino, who I think is a number two starter upside, or C.J. Abrams, who I think is a, a cornerstone player. I don't think Tramiel is quite there. I think he has potential to be a 2020 guy with a high on-base percentage and make some all-star games. And as your boy said, Padres kind of changed his swing a little. It looks like they did, yeah. Uh, Kyle Glazer made a note of that. The Reds Started were paying off. messing around with him a whole bunch. And as, a, as an athlete, I get that he can make those adjustments, but maybe simplify the approach a little bit. And guys do this all the time. They add a toe tap, they remove a toe tap, they, they start their hands higher or low, whatever it is. They, they did something to Taylor and he was great on the sod poodles when he came over. He's my number four guy and I'm happy having him right there. He's a, if he's the best the fourth best prospect in your system. That's a really good system. It's a loaded because system. I think all these guys, including the next three are top Oof, 100 guys. Teaser. Not going to give you those three guys, but I think the Padres top seven prospects right now are, I think safely top 100 guys. You'll have to check baseball prospectus, Keith Law's list, baseball, America, MLB pipeline. You'll have to check all those. And maybe some of these guys at the back end don't quite make it. It's kind of all personal preference. And especially when you get multiple people making one list, you're going to have players left off that maybe Kyle Glazer didn't want left off. But that's kind of the way the kind of the way it goes. Cookie crumbles. That too. What's that from? That's from something. No. Okay. Just the same. So I would have, if I was doing a top 100 baseball list, I, I know I would have all of these guys in there because at some point or another, I've seen them all on top 100 lists before we're going to do nine and 10 to get out of here. Number nine, he was previously ranked number 26 on my midseason list. He had a great year shot up the ranking hit 300 at high a still only 19 plays a really great shortstop. Still. He did everything well this year. How can you not reward this guy? It's Gabriel Arias. He had a lot of expectations a couple years ago. International free agent signing from that 2016 class. He was one of the, the top guys of that class and he had a couple of bad years. He was, pr- he was, the Padres were aggressive with their assignments for him and 
he didn't really live up to the expectations. Him and like Luis Almanzar didn't. Luis Almanzar is kind of gone now, but Arias still nineteen had a really good year at High A, playing a good shortstop still. Offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, he does everything well. He's number nine, and that shows how good the system still is, even with all these promotions. So, like promotion wise, Tatis is gone, Josh Naylor is gone, Luis Urias, who was number three on this list at midseason, is gone. Michelle Baez, who was on the list before, still qualifies, but now that we kind of know his role, him and Andres Munoz, I have a tough time putting relievers into my top 10 just because they're they're like future closers, even if they are, because the closer just adds so little in the way, like individually, like the bullpen as a whole matters a ton, but individual guys, it's a, it's a team. Your bullpen is like a small team and it's, it's really important to have strong bullpen pieces at the back, but individually they're limited in terms of war and how much impact they can have on a game. A BABIP though. Did he have a high BABIP or a low BABIP last year? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Number 10. This is our favorite player. I think he was 25th on my midseason rankings. I think that was a pretty fair, a fair place to put him. And then he became a first team, all pottery prospect at DH also playing shortstop can play a little bit of second base college player bat first guy. Owen Miller and the future Greg Garcia. Kyle Glazer really liked him too. Yeah. If he's the future, Greg Garcia is a homegrown guy. That's going to be around for five years. The next Jeff Blum. Nice. I think you take that spelled with a G. Yeah. Uh, I love, I miss Jeff Blum, but impact rookies for next year. I mentioned Baez and Munoz. They still retain their eligibility. Maury Hone didn't throw that many innings, although he's been talked about a lot in trades potentially. Send him. Maury Hone. I'm okay with that. We have, there's depth. I like Maury Hone, but use him or lose him. You know? Yep. He's, he has a ton of value right now. Sometimes you got to send it. I'm hoping Taylor Trammell by midseason is our left fielder. I'd love to see that happen. If he continues the progress he made. I think he's in the instructional league right now, if I'm not mistaken, or they might've finished up already. Instructional league was happening September, October. It's not as ballyhooed as the Arizona fall league. That's where all the top prospects go. But instructional league is where all your really young guys go, or you send players rehabbing, or you send older guys that are working on something potentially like a Taylor Trammell would be working on his stance, his swing, whatever he's working, whatever the Pottery's told him to work on, he's there working on it. I think he's in the instructional league, which might be over, but I think Owen Miller has a shot as a late season call up, especially when, if second base is still a garbage fire next year, dumpster fire, which it is, which it is. And looks like it's going to stay there. I mentioned, I think those tops, top seven in the system are top 100 guys. And I think the top five for me would very, would be very difficult to get in a trade. So that's going to be the holdup in making a trade is we're going to have to let one of them go. You're going to maybe two. Yep. Yeah. If, if, if it's not Gorin, it's not Patino. Just you, don't do Abrams. And Ab- so now Just you're don't do now the top three are untouchable. You can see why an opposing GM would have a tough time trading with you. If right. your top three guys are all off limits, but it's unfair because Abrams would be the number one guy in a lot of teams. So right. it's, it's just when you're that rich teams want you to overpay. And if you don't overpay, okay, they'll go get fair market value somewhere else. They're only talking to you because they want you to overpay. Right. It's unfortunate. Um, 
I'd like to say by the end of the winter meetings, which have been pretty quiet the last few years, I'm guessing some trades happen. At least one trade by the Padres. I agree. Speaking of the baseball winter meetings, 2019 baseball winter meetings, December 8th through the 12th at the Hilton San Diego Bayfront in San Diego. You been there? You ever stay there? I kind of want to do a staycation one of these days. Have you thought I've walked of- across the bridge. I've never stayed there. I've been inside. Uh, they had that like Fox Sports thing downstairs, right? Do they still have that there? I don't know. I haven't been in a while. It's a they great location. The, they have the ice skating rink during the holidays too. Right Outside? There. Yeah. They're copying the Coronado Hotel Dell? Right. The one that used to be at Horton Plaza. It moved over there. Oh. This event is also held in conjunction with the baseball trade show and PBBO job fair, which takes place at the San Diego Convention Center. So shout out to all your little baseball people running around San Diego. Check out the winter meetings December 8th through the 12th. For more information, go to baseballwintermedians.com. Are you going to go this year? Probably not. I might pop my head in, see what's up. Nice. Locks of the week before we get out of here. Target locked. I'm hot. Four in a row. Locks of the week? You're four in a row? Four in a row. Then how can we keep losing our super contest? You tell me. Well, I've been pretty bad. I'm over my last three, but... During the World Series, I was crushing it. I think it was four and two in the no World Series. Cares. No one cares. I care. And last Sunday, just my side bets, four and zero. Oh Literally, also. no one cares. Four and zero. Oh, Wade hit a hit a three team parlay. There I made money last week. Zero people listening. I made money care. last week, so I don't want you shitting on my parade. Lock of the week for me. I feel very good about this one. This is the lockest lock I've had in the last few weeks. It is Green Bay. Minus three at the Chargers, which we know will be an enormous home field advantage for the Packers. Nice. Only minus three somehow. I think it's crazy. I've been I've won money betting against the Chargers literally the entire season. Except so that's that Bears game. Did we bet on that though? Oh, we did. I didn't put money on it. That was for our super contest. Oh. And you picked that game. To be fair, I let you have it. All right. I am very confident. This is where I turn the ship around. I'm shocked it's only a three point spread as of Wednesday. I've already put a bunch of money on it. Who is your lock of the week? I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts minus one in Pittsburgh. I like them too. It's it's a weird kind of pick em game. It's Indianapolis going on the road, probably hostile environment. Mason Rudolph, don't care. They're an outdoor, they're an indoor team playing outdoors. That always worries me. But they're a lot better. They're a lot better team than the, the Steelers. Colts are good. Colts are, Colts are legit. Although every game this year they've played has been decided by less than seven points. Spreads only one. Spreads one. It's a pick em. It's a toss-up game, so take the Colts. Yep. Might as well just take Colts' money line. Just count it for... You want Colts' money line there? You sure? They're favored by one. Oh, they're favored by one. Yes. Okay, so I guess you do not want the money line. No. You're going to lay that point. Yep. Okay. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter accounts, at Friar Farmhands. Twitter account, singular. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You could also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan. See you guys next week. Just move on up toward your destination. Bring me another White Claw, brah. Dude, I was stressed out.
sitting in traffic for an hour and a half. Like everyone had the same idea. Leave at four fifteen today. <laughs> Halloween. Wade's name day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.